don't feel bad about what age you start because everyone's got a skill set that they have that they can bring into what they're doing next. Time is like a dollar bill, right? You get a certain amount of dollars every day and you get to spend it where you want it. And depending on how you spend it, that's the, the, the intellect and the knowledge that you can take into the next venture that you do. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. STR Nation, want to know how I gained $817,000 in equity in 19 months using none of my own money? Well, if you haven't already heard me talk about boutique hotels, I just recorded an 18-minute case study for my private mastermind group on how I bought a tiny 13-unit hotel in Rockport and more than doubled its value from $2.25 to $5.5 million in 19 months. But instead of keeping this one a secret, I decided to share it with you guys completely free. Just go to www.strsecrets.com hotels to access the case study and promise in just 18 minutes, you'll know why boutique hotels are my favorite STR strategy in 2023. I break down everything from the renovations, the location, the investment, the equity, the financing, and how to take advantage of forced appreciation. So when you have 20 minutes, go to www.strsecrets.com hotels. And now let's get into this week's episode. What is going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, E? My brother, good to see you for the third time today. You caffeinated now? You ready? I am caffeinated. I have my little espresso here. As uh, Danny says, you know, I am coffee poppy because anytime... If you see me in Nashville, you probably saw me with at least a coffee in my hand or walking towards Mike with his coffee. We are coffee snobs and we don't apologize for it. It's totally. No. Yeah, it is. It is what it is, you know. But yeah, man, life is always good. I'm super always so interested in like just the guests that we have on and the conversation that we are on and, and how many people have got so much out of this industry. Even Leo that we had on last week is his entire interview was super interesting to me and just like how how much they've done for the industry and, and his path. And I'm just like, feels weird to think that we've been in it now 12, 13 years. You know, I, I started. Yeah, you've been in it way longer than me. I've been in 20, 2017, so was it six years? Oh, uh, shit. So like, yeah, I was like December 2010. Yeah, dude. So it's been, it's been a journey, but it's all these people creating all these softwares and systems. And, and I was telling on our boardroom call, I used to make a million dollars a year on, on an Excel spreadsheet and taking people's credit cards over the phone and writing them on a little yellow yellow notepad that was inside my agenda. And I had a credit card terminal that I would log on to online and manually process everything. Dude, you were still doing that a couple of years ago when we were hanging out. Yeah, no, dude, like, for sure. Oh, what that's, are you that's, doing? <laughs> that's, but then I met you and like, again, like I wasn't, and that's why you need to like surround yourself with certain kind of people because there was nothing wrong with it. But I just hadn't elevated myself and I hadn't given myself the okay of there can be more more to the villas. There can be a whole brand of hospitality behind who he is as a person. I was very much into like, this is a huge dream and I'm getting it done. 
and that's that's enough. And real quick, because I do want to, I'm excited for for our guest Patrick yes. today, but I just, I want to hit on this because I think it's important, especially we talk a lot to kind of address a lot of the newer folks. I want to address the more seasoned folks directly right now. Like if you've been in the game a while, there's this saying of, of beginner's mind, right? Like in yoga and a lot of like Western culture, like beginner's mind. You really want to keep that because if you, again, it worked for you. And if you weren't open to these suggestions of like, hey, there's all this new technology, there's all these new things that I could do to improve my business. If you don't have that open mind right now, you are going to be out of business in the next 18 months. I promise you that. Yeah. Because like we've been saying, the standards keep getting elevated. And now we've got all this crazy new AI stuff and all these other things that are getting involved that if you don't keep up with the pace and continue to improve the guest experience, you will be out of a business. It just that's just the way it is. So just, and I don't say that to scare anybody or to sound egotistical. No, for sure. Being honest, of like a lot of the people that are running a business like you used to that haven't changed. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that were buying their boutiques, quite frankly, because they mm -hmm. they aren't marketing. They're not doing the thing. They're, they're driving dynamic pricing. Like mm -hmm. they're not keeping up. And then 100%. they're like, you know what? I want to get out. I don't want to learn yeah. this new stuff. No. And one of my greatest blessings in in terms of like this whole like mindset work that I've, that I've done and I dedicated the majority of my time over the last couple of years to my mindset and to my spiritual journey. So like, whereas I haven't dedicated as much time into the creation of the systems the way you have done, I've spent a lot of time in the like arena of my, of my mind and the way that I think and feel about things. But one of my greatest blessings was exactly that. There was, I never in my life said to anybody, I do this because that's the way that I've always done it. If somebody comes to me, it's like, this is not efficient. I'm like, oh. Show me. Generally curious, like generally curious and without any ego attached to, well, but I've been making a million dollars a year doing it this way. What the fuck do you know about it? No, why? Because then my prices at the villas are a reflection of that, right? Like the stuff that something is going well and doing good doesn't prevent it from being able to do more and do better. Yeah. And wanting to get to more and better does not discount or put any shame in your letting go of the good that you've always done. Right. You can be grateful for how well it's always been and still want to try and go to good, more than good. Our buddy Tony and Sarah, who were on the podcast two weeks ago, Tony's secret to success at the end of the show was continuous improvement. Like, that's it. You're mm -hmm. just constantly looking for ways to improve. So I want to put a bow on that because I want to yes. get into today's episode. Sorry, on, rants. On... We've been doing lots of rants lately. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited because we've got we've got one of our own from the STR Seekers community with us today who's been crushing it and doing a lot of cool stuff. So we, today we've got Patrick Swiatek with us. And he started out, he used to work for Avanste, which is a pretty big company. I've actually stayed at one of their properties out in Breckenridge, huge arbitrage company. Um, and he worked there as a product manager back in 2019. And then uh, during 2020, you know, with COVID, he got laid off and he ended up buying his first STR in September of 2021. And he just got hooked. You know, currently he's the founder of STR Nation Community and uh, he helped educate other investors on how to get into STR investing. He's joined the STR Secrets Mastermind, which propelled him to new heights. Appreciate the love in the bio here by owning a property management company. And uh, he actually recently just acquired a company that I definitely want to talk about today because um, oh, I love guess. that strategy and super cool. Mm -hmm. So he's based out of Joshua Tree, California, or he's got a portfolio up there anyway. Patrick, what's going on, man? Welcome oh, man, that is that is quite an introduction. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. And I'm just excited to to hopefully share my story and inspire other people. Love it, dude. 
Love it. Well, like I said, let's let's take it back to the beginning. What what made you want to work at Avance Day? I guess like going going way back. Yeah, I think the story really starts even before that. Then, if you really want to know why Avance Day and how that came about, when I was fourteen years old, I actually almost accidentally started my first company, and I was providing. I was a gamer, big time gamer. I was a big time nerd. Didn't really vibe well at school. I didn't do well in school, and I just built a company providing server space worldwide that made $40,000 a year every year for until I was 18. So in high school, I was making as much as people make as adults, you know, and that was quite an experience and it was a tech company that I started. So now I had like 15 staffers that I was taking care of and there were some were older than me. It was like this great experience. <laughs> wow, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure if I shared that with you yet. I'm gonna I've be never sure. heard that, dude. You've never yeah. told me that. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're gonna learn a, a few things uh, for both of you guys. But yeah, that's really where it started. Is I realized, wow, like if I can create this value for people and provide this space for people and make money doing it, like that's what people really want to see. And so I thought I was gonna get all the college applications thrown at my face, and I was gonna be, you know, top dog. Who cares about my GPA? It's a two point eight. Who cares about that? You know, I was spending my time doing real world stuff. And then newsflash, <laughs> no school wanted me and said, why, why should I even, you know, even bother with somebody that, you know, does that when your grades suck and sure. went to community college for two years. And then I decided to focus on school. I just aced it. And then I started a bunch of other companies, but I got into U of I, University of Illinois Champaign. It's a high tech school, high business school, really good school. They rejected me outright to the school. And the first time around, the second time around, I was like, okay, well, now I show you the 4.0. Can you guys let me in? And they let me in. And then from there, I actually kept doing startups because I really didn't like school. So I don't know why I even went, but <laughs> I built a bunch of tech companies, one of which actually gained traction. And that tech company we raised venture capital for, we got into an uh, educational accelerator, top educational accelerator in the country. It was this whole like experience of me owning this high tech product that was basically going up against the smartest of the smartest people in the world, right? Like I was going up and we got into like the semifinals for like the Princeton like pitch startup, you know, competition and all these different people that were just so intelligent. And I realized it's really hard to make in that world. And I realized it's not for me. It's really about getting that initial funding. And then you're not even making money day one. You're just trying to like live another 12 months until you can get your next raise. And it was too much. I, I really didn't like that. It was a lot of pressure. It was not focused on making money now. And I was competing against the best of the best. So I heard a quote, 90% of millionaires are made in real estate. Why not real estate, right? So that's kind of, what what started it right i had the skill sets of tech and i wanted to get into real estate so why not utilize those tech skills and work for a company that does real estate at the time i didn't even know what airbnb was so you know i obviously found a job with Day and moved from chicago to la so that starts the story of patrick and short-term rentals wow so, you, so you've always been more of a tech guy like you've been mm -hmm. into the tech side of the house Right, exactly. I think more so, I was always, more so than tech, I was always about building operations, scale, and building teams. I, I was obsessed with 
building teams. I've been doing it since I was 14, though. So, like, moving forward, like, now, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but now building the team that I'm building now, it comes very easy to me. And so that's how I can scale really quickly because all my skills I've had prior comes into play right now, right? So I don't, this is one thing I tell people all the time is don't feel bad about what age you start because everyone's got a skill set that they have that they can bring into what they're doing next. And everyone's experience, it's like, time is like a dollar bill, right? You get a certain amount of dollars every day and you get to spend it where you want it. And depending on how you spend it, that's the the intellect and the knowledge that you can take into the next venture that you do. So I think that nobody should feel discouraged. Oh, what is this tech guy going to do in real estate? You know? So I, I, I definitely, you know, feel that. I can feel the passion in there. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> But the, the entire thing that's like your entire background story or like origin story has been as you can feel the passion through it. Right. So you come out of all of these experiences and now you're working for for a company. It would kind of feel to me that somebody like you working for a company may get kind of restless pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't sound like somebody's like going to do the same shit every day and be like, I love this. Thank you so much. You're just sparking my spirits. Right. So. In a sense, I feel like this 2020 getting let go of your job is kind of a blessing. What did, a that, blessing. what did that experience feel like? What was the kind of thought process that went into it right afterwards? Walk us through that. Yeah. So when I was working at the company, I basically built all the systems around scaling it to from 200 to 1,000 plus properties. So I already knew how to scale a business like that from that point on. I think the one pivotal moment that I had at that company, which I, you know, thank for, for the, to this day, Palm Springs is a market that's nearby that we had like 50 properties at. And during the three weeks, which is, which are coming up right now, Coachella week, number one, Coachella week, number two, and stagecoach, those three weeks paid off for the whole lease for the whole year. <laughs> Everything else on top of that was just gravy. And when I saw that, I realized, wow, there's a lot of money to be made in short-term rentals. Now, they laid me off. You were spot on. I'm not the kind of guy that I actually am a horrible employee. And I tell this all the time. I, I get bored easily. I'm a shitty employee. Nobody hire me, please, because it's mm-hmm. not going to end up well. And like for anybody, <laughs> I realized I, not, I couldn't do anything else other than be an entrepreneur and build businesses and do that kind of thing. Because that was that was the thing that really drove me. And it's not because I wasn't capable of doing it. It's more so I just get so bored not doing that. I love solving problems. That's like my thing. And and so I always inch towards that. So if you ever get that feeling that like it just doesn't sit right, I don't feel like I I belong here. There's a reason for that. It's like a fish trying to climb a tree. It makes no sense. So for me, I was very intentional about getting back into the, you know, entrepreneurial world. But I realized, okay, COVID happened, but I need to make money. Because I'm crashing on my girlfriend's couch. I was at a point where it's like, dude, if I don't do anything, I'm going to have to go back to Chicago and it's over. And I'm not letting that happen. So I found a job just to get a job. And they fired me. After like three months. Weird. (laughs) Found another job after another month or so. Let me guess. What happened? You got fired again? They fired me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm seeing seeing a trend here. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying so hard. I remember that job. I tried. 
I worked my ass off on that job. I was like, I was doing everything right. I thought I was doing so well. And they're just like, yeah, this, you're, you asked, they, they basically, they literally told me, they said, you asked too many questions. I was going to say, and, you question everything, right? Because you, you want to <laughs> fix things and you just don't buy into the status quo. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. That was with me. You're like, dude, thing. we do yeah. it. Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it this way? And I want to be like, dude, just fucking trust me. But that's just the way that you're wired. Like, like you said, like you want to understand. And a lot of companies don't want to take that time. And they're like, dude, just shut up and do your job. Right. So that's why that will never work for somebody like you ever. No, for right? sure. I 100%. And, and I think at that point, I was like, okay, fu funny enough, I actually started taking personality tests. I'm, I'm like, I need to learn about myself. I took this wrong with me. <laughs> Cool. I was like, cool. Who am, am I? Why? Why am I unemployable? Like, what's going on? <laughs> why am I so unlovable? No, come on. What What did you realize? Because, like, I like, I think so many people should take personality tests because it's a great way for you to understand one how people, other people perceive you. Because mm -hmm. that I feel is the problem that so many people have. Not the problem, but like the the opportunity is. If you could only see yourself the way other people see you, if you mm -hmm. could only see the sauce of the spark that everybody else sees you, whereas you say you're trying to hustle and push on people, this version of yourself that is who you think you think you should be based on what you think somebody that does what you do is like. And that was me when I started real estate. Like I would go to interviews in, in a suit and this fucking thing. I was mm -hmm. so hot and just uncomfortable. And I would sit there. And I wouldn't drop F-bombs and I would just be so quiet and so thing. And funny enough, people weren't giving me listings. And like now I go as me and it works, right? So what did you learn from the personality test? And then give me the story on how you got into your first Airbnb. For sure. Yeah. Personality test learned. I'm pretty much, I think all in all, I learned I can't work under anybody. <laughs> it's just like. It just basically told me straight up, like, yeah, you should be in a manager role. And it's like, okay, well, I have to work my way up. And it's just like, okay, this is a dead end. So I realized, once again, I said, I realized, okay, well, I, I have to pay rent. My girlfriend can kick me out at any point. So I said, you know what? I have to make it work. So I was, I went full force and I went for my first short-term rental. And I said, I'm going to do it no matter what. And this is like, I had a fire under me and and I just made it happen. And Bought my first short-term rental September of 2021. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Like what yeah. sort of property is it? This is where I think I can relate to to um, Mike a lot. And and honestly, at this point, when I first quit the job in that time frame, I was actually trying to do co-hosting. Uh, now that I think back on it, I literally cold called people, especially the list I had before with Avance. I had their list and I would just call call some of these people. And I tried to get them as, as clients and it just didn't work out. Uh, and I just gave up and I just analysis paralysis, right? So mindset wise, it's all about observation points, right? So for me at the time, my belief system was I cannot buy a short-term rental out of state. That was my limitation. And it all came from a, a real estate investor, a big time real estate investor that I, I knew growing up, best friend growing up. He had a dad that was a big-time real estate developer, and he said, if you try to invest out of state, you must be an idiot. Like, that's the dumbest thing you can do. And so the whole time, my mindset was, I can't do that. Now I was living in L.A. I can't afford L.A. properties. So now I'm at a, I'm stuck. I can't do anything, right? So in my mind, I was – and I didn't, have, I didn't have the money, so it's like now I can't even scale. So 
what's the point of even getting into real estate when I have all, I had all these limitations essentially, right? But I think the moment, and it's funny because just now when you guys were doing that intro, I was listening and I realized a spark that I actually have listened to your podcast. <laughs> and like from, from, and I just realized this now that I was listening to like 40, 50 episodes, like a lot of episodes. I just don't know names really that well. I just, just kind of listen for the knowledge. But as you guys were bantering, I realized, oh, dang, I remember something like this. So that's really cool. So I did listen to your podcast at the time. And I also listened to, well, I started joining communities. That was the biggest pivotal moment, I think. Because once I started joining communities and saw people crushing it, <laughs> it, it was like Facebook groups. I saw people buying out of state and realized I can buy out of state if they can. Limiting belief, I'm too young. There's a 20-year-old buying. Okay, why can't I? Limiting belief, I don't have enough money. There's people with no money buying 20, 30 properties, 20, 30 units, you know? So there was no excuse for me the moment I started hanging around people that were doing it. And not even no excuse. I think it was an observation point to see, wow, if these people can do it, then that's possible. Now, the moment you shift that mindset and it's from, hey, it's not possible to, hey, it's possible, it's like, it was like off to the races. That month, I locked down that deal. It was my first. I, I just started going through the motions. I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of got a lender. I got a realtor through somebody recommended me. I started looking everywhere. And lo and behold, Smoky Mountains put my first offer in. I said, you know what? I'm just going to put an offer in just to see. The market's crazy. You get one in 30, get accepted. Let's get into it. First one gets accepted. My first house ever. First offer accepted. So now I'm like, okay, crap. Like <laughs> I got to make this work now. And it's funny. Um, I actually journal all the time and I like to go back to my journal and really feel the emotions I was feeling at the time when I was journaling. So I'll literally write out, like I'll drop F-bombs if I'm thinking it, you know, I just think how I write. I write how I think. And I remember reading when I first got it under contract what the fuck is an EMD? Why are these people making me put this money up that I never agreed to? And all this all this stuff, I was just so clueless. I didn't know how the real estate contract even worked. And I didn't even read the real estate contract, which is the worst mistake. But it worked out. And I, it was sight unseen. I didn't even see the property. And the moment that I locked it under contract, I flew out there. I was like, let's see what we're dealing with here. And uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. That, so that kind of went so many ways. So <laughs> many ways. <laughs> I put all my money up. It was like, I put a, I also messed up because I put, they told me, hey. I didn't know you yet, right? No. No, okay. no, no. I hope oh, not. Yeah. I don't remember talking about this deal. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you would know. This is like okay. my amateur yeah, Mike is not Mike as a mentor is not happy about this. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out, right? And yeah. so from that point, cool, you got your first one, you got your feet wet. I'm assuming it went well and you 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 got the bug from there. So what what did you do after that one, right? After you get your feet wet, mm -hmm. what did that look like and then we can kind of speed it up to catch up to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. Um real quick, I'll just say that the property itself was as is was making 33,000. The only thing that I changed about it was better photos and better systems. And it started making 60K. So if that gives you some hope, just because some numbers are on a listing that says 33,000, don't 
run your comps on that, run your comps as the top percentile. That's something I want to yeah. know. Yeah. So that happened. And then I realized, okay, well, now I don't have money. How do I get to the next level? And that's when I started learning the concept of leverage. And leverage has been my best friend since, right? So January of 2022 comes. And I was making $2,000 a month. And I said, I had a job at the time. Surprisingly, they didn't fire me. And I said, you know what? Peace. I'm out. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm taking this $2,000 a month. And I'm going to live off of it because I really don't need much. Uh, and this is what it's going to be. And so I left. And I just didn't have a plan, really. But I actually met Josh, which is who's also in the mastermind. And he was this guy that was super into flipping houses. He had over 100 flips on, under his belt. He had capital. He had all these things that I didn't have. And I, on the other hand, had the Airbnb experience. At this point, I was doing SCR Nation events, right? So I already knew that because I had one Airbnb, that I could help other people that had zero Airbnbs get one Airbnb. So I was like, I wanted to give back already. So at the time, he saw that and he, he, he asked me, he said, hey, I can partner with you. Like, I want to get into Airbnb. Do you want to do this thing? And within that week, I'm probably a week or two weeks, I learned, I learned a bunch of stuff and I found an off-market deal. <laughs> and I brought it to him. I was like, what about this? And he was just like shocked. We took it down. And ever since, I mean, we did, we've done five deals on top of that together. So we've done five deals together and they're all bursters in Joshua Tree. So by that, you mean you guys buy them, rent of them, and then refi them yeah, and all that good stuff. So talk to us about how you bought a property management company, what the process looked like. I do hope you did read that contract. <laughs> yes. I think I, I learned a lesson or two there. Yes. So, I don't think we've ever had anybody on the show. We have had Brooke on the show that has... Yeah sold this property management company, but I don't think we have anybody on the show that has ever actually bought one. Yeah. Look, I mean, January of 2022 had one property, one Airbnb. January of this year, I had 20 properties under management and owned six. So I bought five additional properties and I managed 20 more for others. And that's growing. That number is growing. So what's interesting is the only way you could do that is through leverage. And so let's go to the property management deal. Property management deal was just building my network throughout the time, right? So just building my network. And I started reaching out. I said, you know what? I want to get into co-hosting. I want some more cash flow. Mike always talks about cash flow with co-hosting. Bill was doing it at the time. So I thought, you know, maybe I can try doing this. And I started reaching out that I'm looking for co-host deals. Got a couple leads here and there. And then a friend comes up to me and says, listen, I don't have one uh, listing, but I have 16. And I said, what do you mean by that? And then she said, well, I have this company that's looking to sell their property management company. And that's kind of the start of that, right? It just kind of landed. It, it kind of looks like luck. It just landed in my lap. But I will say this, that it's a mindset thing too here. Because if I wasn't accepting and ready to take on 16 listings at once, if I didn't have the mindset that I could do that, I would not have taken that deal. But because I was in STR Secrets Mastermind, because I was you know, around other people that are doing hotel deals and managing hundreds of listings, I thought, okay, this is going to be easy to take on, and I was ready to take it on. A year ago, it wouldn't have worked out. The opportunity would have just went by. So I was ready to go. The opportunity fell on my lap, and I took it. 
and about the company. And ever since we switched off hands, which is probably about a month ago now at the time of recording, March 1st, right? We switched hands and I got 25 to 30 leads, th- just like houses through just like posting about it and through just, just talking about it. Just through like what I've built so far, just networking, doing the meetups every month, doing the conferences, all of these different things helped me build authority in a space where people just trusted me and started just throwing these deals at me. And we chose, we locked up seven deals so far and then three are pending, contracts are out. And as a time of this recording, and, and we're definitely looking to scale, we had to kind of quick, quickly build company and, and build teams and do all that fun stuff. But I think what's really interesting about a property management company is you get the brand of that property management company to leverage to get more deals. Now, I wasn't making as I wasn't getting as many deals before I got the property management company. The moment I had the management company, it was so easy. I was like, yeah, I have cleaners in house. I have a handyman on staff. Like, do you want in or not? And it's it's so it's like a no brainer. It's like, okay, they, they look legit. And so I was able to use that to be able to get 25 leads like that, like that within a month, right? So, and I think walk it's us just, through just, what the what the cost was. So, like, did you pay them by the contract? So they had 16 units. So you paid them by contract. Did you inherit what What did that look like? So, like, give me the nitty gritty. Yeah. So like. I'm an open book. The only thing that I promised not to talk about uh, was the price itself, but I can talk you through the structure of how we went about it. So I started doing a little bit more research on how to structure this, right? And turns out the, the way that we like to do it is one to one and a half X of the gross revenues. The reason we chose that over EBITDA is, or not, uh, what's, what's EBITDA? The acronym. I forgot what earnings what before for. interest, taxes, amortization, depreciation. Yeah, good. Thank God we have an accountant on call. <laughs> and the EBITDA, basically, the reason we didn't go off of that is because they had employees that were looking to leave, anyways. And on top of that, they had houses they just onboarded within the last six months or five months. So we had to amortize their uh, earning over the year and like guesstimate based on seasonality. And so we kind of came up with a number and they had three layers. They had revenues. It's not just management revenues. They had management revenues. Then they had service revenues. So they made money on the supplies. They made money on different other aspects of the business. They made money on the handyman. The handyman was on staff and then they charged the the, the owners a, a base rate. So there was a lot of revenue or in cleaning, we made money on cleaning. So there was a lot of revenue generators that were just not just management contracts. So we weren't buying the management contracts. We're buying the whole company. Boostly, they built a Boostly website, which was like a good amount of money and a couple G's. So there was that, but we settled on that price. And then we basically told them, hey, listen, like, would it be cool if we put 50% down up front? And then pay you the 50% on the back end in a tiered system, depending on the retention of the clients. And that's an important part of this, right? Because a lot of people will just jump in and be like, oh, we could do this. But you know what's what's crazy? A lot of these clients were looking to leave. So we had to save a bunch of clients. And thank God we put that provision in there because if they do leave, because they were frustrated with the previous owners, because the previous owners had a baby coming along the way. They had a hotel dealer 
hotel deal that they were taking on. They had so much going on. They really didn't have the time for it. So having the tiered system basically said the first year, if if we retain, it was based on uh, gross revenue. So like if the existing properties you gave us, the contracts, they, the revenues X, then we'll pay you 80%. If it's Y, then we'll pay you 60% of the second installment, essentially. All right, cool. And then when you were looking at the contracts, how long were their contracts? Were they annual or multi-year or how did that work? Because that's another yes. variable to look at. That is a good question, actually. So their big advantage was that they were a company that you could leave at any point. Mm -hmm. So that obviously with, with a two-month notice. Okay. So month to month, the two-month notice, six months up front. So that's just the upfront cost to set the property up, to do all the work. We ask at least six months and they get to keep the listings. So the listings are under the owner's names so they can leave at any given point if they really wanted to, which is great as a selling tactic, but also kind it's of scary risky. when you're buying yeah. it. Yeah, it's risky. And so when we were, that's why when we were thinking about the price point, what we did actually was we went through all the clients and we basically asked which ones are, we're going to actually keep. Like there's some small ones that we didn't want to pay for because we, we knew we were going to get rid of them. They were like, you know, 300, 400 bucks a month management revenue. So we said, you know what, we're going to do only thousand and above. So we made that kind of rule clear and we just went with that, right? We went with the properties that are making that or were easy clients for whatever, you know, took their word on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so did you bring in a, do you have a partner on that? Did you bring in a, basically a money partner to put up the capital to buy the management company? And then Josh. you're the operating partner. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured, but I didn't yeah. want to assume. So, okay. Yeah. So Josh and I have the properties together, right? So Josh and I just put the properties under the property management company. Now we're making even more money on these properties because we're paying less on cleaning. We're paying less on maintenance. Uh, we just had our guy that's on salary go by to our property and fix a bunch of stuff that would have cost us probably a hundred to 120 bucks, you know, but we, we paid him. I mean, we paid him out of the salary out of the time. And so that is like, one of the best parts is you can share the different resources across your whole portfolio. So if you have a portfolio of properties, this is not a bad idea to buy a management company in that area to utilize those resources and have that economies of scale for your existing properties. Do they have SOPs? Yes. So they brought in somebody to run the business that was an operations manager and they built out the the master sheet they built out i mean all sorts of different aspects like they had money.com integrated with slack with breezeway and they had ways of doing all that but they didn't have vas mm -hmm. they didn't have guest communication vas or anything like that so that was like the first thing i did well the moment i came in i was like we're hiring vas i got 300 app 200 applications and i got the best three and i just <laughs> took them in and that optimize our business tremendously already like we're already we we came in we increased revenues by 30 percent, adjusted for seasonality already what we've seen and we've also cut costs pretty well so profit first model is a pretty good way of thinking about that so shout out to um mike from um profit first 
but yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. There's a huge rabbit hole that we could go down, but I was just actually looking at the clock and I want to be respectful of your time because we're getting close on time here. So one congrats, dude, like you and Josh came in and you just got after it. And, um, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, right? There's, there's, there's these peaks and valleys. And I think having that persistence to keep pushing and knowing what you want and just going for it, you know, it, it plays out, man. And you guys, you guys have earned it. So kudos to you guys for doing that. And then congrats on this last deal, you know, acquiring this and, um, you know, just the sky's the limit for you guys, man. It's just, to just keep pushing. Um, Thank you, man. I, we have big dreams with this, man. Like we we're looking to take over SoCal. Um, and I'm going to just put that out there might as well. And we're going to get it done. And so with mentorship that like, I, I keep going back to SCR secrets. I can't, it's not, I'm not just saying this just to say this. Like I genuinely think being around the best of the best will get you to that level that you need to go. And you provided that for me for my, Mike. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just blessed to even, you know, from a year and a half ago, listening to his podcast and now being on it is just, it's just crazy to me. I, I feel like, you know, imposter syndrome almost. And, you know, it, it's crazy, man. I'm only 26 and I, I keep forgetting that, you know, there's so much life I had. So thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate you. My pleasure, man. So where can folks, I guess, learn more about you before getting the last question, where can they find you, connect with you, learn more about STR Nation, all that good stuff that you got going on? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, so plugging just STR Nation, S-T-R, just like STR Secrets, Nation. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can feel free to join our Facebook group. It's totally free. We do a bunch of events over SoCal. So if you're in Southern California, we do a ton. And we have a big event coming up in San Diego, which should be really exciting. But if you want to really connect with me, honestly, I'm an open book. You can ask me any question you want. I really love helping people out. I've been helping people out since the beginning. I've helped dozens of people quit their jobs, you know, short-term rental investing. And I don't, I don't even coach. I just <laughs> do it just for fun, you know? And yeah, I, you can add me on Instagram, uh, Patrick, P-A-T-R-Y-K, and an underscore Switek, S-W-I-E-T-E-K, which is probably pretty hard to spell. But as long as you get the first name, I'll probably be one of the few that pops up. We'll, we'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So last question we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? <sighs> this is the STR Secrets podcast. So there has to be a secret. This is the biggest thing that I think for any anything. Um, so listening to podcasts, doing all these different things is valuable. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you just got to do it. And I, I, I hate to say it, it, you know what you should be doing. I think the people that are successful are the ones that do what they know they should be doing instead of avoiding what they know they should be doing. You're doing these podcasts. You're listening to all this stuff. You know what you should be doing. You're looking for some next level secret. There's really not a next level secret. It's just about doing the act. Get to work. Get to work. I mean, limitless. You, all the you, have been stuff. you have been listening to our shit because I think that is <laughs> it's summarized kind of like where we go to, you know? Yeah. That, that's, I think, is the biggest component of limitless and is the biggest component of the guys in the boardroom uh, and the girls in the boardroom is, is, is that. There's a certain point that there's no sauce, but just fucking doing it because, it, again, can have all the recipes and all the ingredients, but until you start chopping and cooking, and seasoning and mixing and plating 
there is no food. Like there's 100%. <laughs> you know, there is 100%. nothing. It's been a pleasure, man. Super proud of you. And and I did see you up and down in the community. So super active as well. So we do appreciate that. And I think it's an inspiring story. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to join uh, Patrick's group, SCR Nation. Make sure to join I, our group, SCR Secrets uh -huh. as well. Mm -hmm. Get engaged in the community's um, network, man. Like we said on the last couple episodes, your network's your cheat code. So get in there, get active, network, meet, get out and meet people and uh, get to work, man. Start taking action. and Just uh, do it. Just do it. it. <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you next time. Ciao, guys. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.